you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, did you buy that lottery ticket yet, Shane? Because today oh. it just feels like a jackpot for Tennessee fans, for SEC fans, for Mississippi State fans. Yeah. I got to join you with this one, Shane. <laughs> Mike Leach finally back in the SEC. I'm cracking open a cold one for that. This is a long time coming, Shane. I never thought it was coming, and I know you didn't as soon as uh, on our Monday show we even talked a little bit about it. Speaking of splashy, I do not think this guy's a candidate, but I have seen others suggest it. Don't you say it. His name is his name is involved in every damn coaching search from that's out there thanks to his agent. I think this is just more of his agent, but just want to get your thoughts on it, Shane. Butch Jones, Mississippi State. <laughs> Could you see that? You know, I, I think you've got to do so many interviews a year to, to keep your, uh, your, 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 your pay coming in. What's that called? <laughs> that, uh, when you get fired and you got to, anyway, I, I think that's what, I think that's what this is. I'm not reading too much into it, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, if Butch Jones seriously got offered it, this is, man, call me nuts. And I know I've been trying to get him off the payroll forever. If you, if you, if, if Butch Jones had an opportunity for that job, he'd be crazy not to take it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think Mississippi State would be crazy not to offer it because, he, you know, he can recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some people question his, uh, his, uh, his tactics, you know, and what he does with the talent after. But uh, it would be, uh, I don't know, it, it, maybe it's – Meant to be. I don't know. That's that's an interesting one. I thought you were going to go Coach Leach on me. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing that name. I don't think the Pirates ever come to the SEC. He's just played as... <laughs> I mean, when did January become so exciting for college football? I mean, we're not even talking about the national championship, you know? We're talking about 
We're talking about everything else. We're talking about a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs and or the bowl games. And this is just exciting. This has been a great, great week. Uh, you know, there's there's some that took lumps along the way, but I mean, when you look back, this is still, I think, a win for the SEC this week. Yeah, and I think it's a win. I mean, you could sell each and every one of these hires. Of course, you know, we're saving the splashiest one for the end here. Mike Leach, Mississippi State, you know, rumblings of this. I, but I still, while there were still rumblings, I, in the back of my mind, I just I always felt like it'd be a pipe dream, you know, and they'd hire yeah. Mark Hudspeth or something. We'd have, to, <laughs> we'd have to sit here and talk up that guy. But, I mean, thank God. And I know there's probably some Mississippi State fans, I've seen it, you know, they're, they don't approve the hire for some reason. Oh, yeah. I can't, for the life of me, can't understand that because here you go. You got a coach who, yes, I mean, everyone likes to say, well, he's never won a damn conference. Well, he's been coaching at Texas Tech and Washington State, and I don't think those teams have ever won their conference, like in the last <laughs> 50 years. You know what I mean? And this guy, he had Washington State in the playoff contention two years ago. They were number seven, I think, going in the final week of the mm-hmm. season. Had Texas Tech, hell, I think they were number one at one point. Like, yeah, that's what you're shooting for if you're Mississippi State. You know, you put together a magical season, you can make that run at the national championship, but it's not going to come, you know, every year. You're not going to be competing with Alabama and LSU annually. You got to just be competitive in, you know, those games and then every couple of years make a magical run. And this is the damn guy that's going to get you there. <laughs> Dude, this egg bowl just got elevated, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, oh, yeah. uh, I, I just, I think it's a win all the way around. I, I'm with you. It's almost doesn't feel real. Like something, I don't know, like we had a rogue AD or something like that, you know, and it gets, this thing gets rained <laughs> in. I keep waiting for it, you know, to to rescind the contract. So I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope everything plays out right here, and I think it's going to. And these guys are excited. Uh, Miss, I've never seen – Mississippi, this just the state in general, so excited about college football since you know Mississippi State was since back in the Hugh Freeze Dan Molinari. You know what I'm saying? And and Absolutely. now you got Coach Leach. I saw I saw a stat that came out today is uh, since 2012 he has the number one passing offense. Period. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, get ready, guys. You, you know, you may not win that many games your first year. You may surprise a lot of people, but damn, it's going to be fun watching, Mike. Yeah, and it may be hard to look away from the field, but let's, you know, take an overview of Mississippi State off the field. When Lane Kiffin introduced there by Ole Miss, Hell, they were having a pep rally at uh, mm-hmm. you know eleven o'clock in the morning, and people were drunk and going kissing crazy babies at the tarmac, kissing yep. babies. And I don't think Mississippi State fans will ever admit this. They were very quiet during that time, biting their tongue. Well, hell, we won the Egg Bowl. You know, they did have stuff going, but I mean, they had no buzz in that state. Nope. And now they swung that sword right back, Shane. I mean, no, this is a bigger hire than Lane Kiffin, in my opinion. I know Lane Kiffin, you know, he's awesome at Twitter, but he's never been a consistent winner like Mike Leach here. And that's not to say that uh, Mike Leach is never going to lose to Lane Kiffin or anything, but all that momentum that Ole Miss had, hell, they didn't even get it on the field, and it lasted about a month because Mississippi State came swinging right back. I think they're on even play now when you're talking about the hype train. 
Very curious to see, obviously, who Mike Leach hires here. But this is, you know, it's interesting. This only took a week. This search Mm -hmm. seemed like it took a bunch of different turns. But it's only been a week since Joe Moorhead let go after two seasons. And I think, you know, you and I were both kind of hesitant to call that a good move. But if you turn around and you get a guy like Mike Leach, then there's no question that you made the right move in the sense that, again, I'm talking off the field here, you're throwing momentum back on Mississippi State because when Joe Moorhead took that thing over, I mean, they were a lot of people thinking SEC West contention, New Year's Six contention, and now two years later we're sitting here 6-7, and seven, lost Music City Bowl. It's just it's been like a dud, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now that rocket ship is, is pointing back up, in my opinion, there in Starkville. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Man, you talk about in Mississippi State. You know that Joe promised us a lot of offense when he came in, and he was not able to deliver it. They're mm-hmm. not going to be able to hide it with Coach Leach. I mean, this is going to be a night and day system that's different. And and I have heard some naysayers myself, Mike. You know that these old timers that more about defense than offense type of guys but Mm -hmm. i don't know man i think this is what you need you need some spark down there you make mississippi state fun you know and then the recruits will come in so i I think that's what we got to do and just think about all these names man in the west i mean you got say i mean it used to be saving and coach o those were the two and then 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 you got fast talk and jimbo comes in and then Mm -hmm. you know and now here we are with with a fantastic career. I mean, everybody on that, except for maybe Gus, you know, nothing against Gus, but he's a little bit slower than these other cats. Um, <laughs> but he may be a good change of pace, man. This SEC media days, I've never looked forward to media day so much in my life. Yeah. The toughest division in the nation just got, I think without a doubt, the toughest gauntlet of coaches now, elite coaches. Mm-hmm. And hell, I'm even ready to throw Sam Pittman in there based on what he's done when he's bringing in these coordinators, what he's doing in recruiting. I know that he's a big question mark on what he's going to do on the game days, but he's got such a long history. I'm ready to throw him right in there as you know an up-and-comer in the SEC. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just, just floored by this move here by <laughs> Mississippi State. Still, I'm still pitching myself. I feel like we're dreaming here, Shane. <laughs> I mean, we need to be on record. Loyal <laughs> listeners know – this was the first Mike Leach SEC podcast. We tried to yeah. rub that son bitch into every show <laughs> week. <laughs> we willed this thing, didn't we, man? <laughs> and now he's here. And mm. hell, Shane, even before he landed at Starkville, check out this voicemail that Mississippi State donors were getting, courtesy of Mike Leach. Hey, Bulldog family, this is your new head football coach, Mike Leach. Wanted to give you a quick call right here at the start and tell you how excited I am to be the head football coach at Mississippi State. I'm loaded up and headed to Stark Vegas. We're going to score points and win a lot of games, but it starts with each and every one of you jumping on board with us to make it happen. I can't wait to hear those cowbells ringing. See you soon. Hail State. And right there is the genius of this move, Shane. I mean, Mississippi State knows they need that momentum. You know, the program's in a great state, but they need to keep that arrow pointing up. With Lane Kiffin coming in, like I said, they needed to keep up with Ole Miss. And, hell, I I think they're brilliantly doing this. You know, the message to the donors, for anyone that lives on Twitter like I do during work, I mean, they're sending out Johnny Depp, you know, the pirate 
has arrived mm-hmm. videos. That's how they literally announced the hiring. I mean, this is just an incredible hype job here by Mississippi State, and I certainly hope Coach Leach lives up to it. Dude, this is – I'm telling you, man. I, I'm on, I'm just on cloud nine. I can't believe it, you know. I, it's just been a – it's been a wild week, and good news after good news. I just – I don't know. I'm already ready for the next season. Yeah, and I think the – one of the things that I really wanted to mention here with Coach Leach, I think you can make this point because I have seen some people questioning his record against like top 25 teams. It's not great. But again, he was at Texas Tech and Washington State. Mm-hmm. Take him off those teams, their record would be astronomically low against top 25 teams. I've not seen a lot of people discuss this, Shane, but look at it this way. I think you can make the argument Mike Leach just inherited the most talented team that he's probably ever had to work with. So for people questioning Mike Leach, you know, can he do it in the SEC and all this stuff, and will he translate? Now he's got something to prove where maybe, you know, with a better caliber of athlete, I mean, a guy like Garrett Schrader, I know he's put guys in the NFL, but Garrett Schrader may be the most talented quarterback he's ever worked with too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may be seeing a whole new – level that Mike Leach can reach. Yeah. This is what you do, man. I a lot of people talk about Leach and his recruiting, you know. You let somebody like Joe do all the recruiting, get rid of him, then bring in the coach to make it exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think uh I, I'm hoping that a lot of these guys stick with their LOIs and and uh Leach is ever able to keep them, you know, because and just like I said, just is it's gonna be a fun, fun offense. It's gonna be a different team. I uh, yeah, he is a little behind the curve here. I mean, it being so late in January here, you know, he's still got to get a staff put together. He's still got a lot of stuff to do. And, you know, signing day's right around the corner. So uh, he's going to be busy next few weeks. But, uh, you know, the the what helps him, honestly, are the fans. Keep keep this keep this thing going, man. You know, make make Mississippi State a fun place to be. And you know, who knows? He may be able to pull a few recruits here at the end to help these guys next year. Absolutely, Shane. And for anyone that has not seen the news, Mississippi State will officially announce Coach Leach noon Central Time, one p.m. Eastern Time on SEC Network. It's going to be televised, <laughs> open to the public. I mean, my God, this is going to be an appointment viewing here on Friday afternoon. <laughs> is he taking questions, too, and everything? Yes, sir. So this Hell is going to be our yeah. first presser with Mike Leach as an SEC head coach. I can't wait for it. Yeah. All right, Shane, so we got some other news. <laughs> for another <laughs> reason why I asked Shane if he's buying that lottery uh. ticket, let's jump on down to Knoxville. Well, big old Trey Smith made his prediction, Shane, and – had a Three good and feeling. Baby. Had a good feeling after your prediction. <laughs> Let's kick it over to Trey Smith for anybody that missed it. Made his official announcement during a press conference here on Thursday. First and foremost, I want to give all the all the praise, honor, and glory to God for allowing me to be here in this situation. I want to thank you all for coming out today. I have a long list of thanks before I begin. I want to thank my family and friends for being by my side. I want to thank Coach Mickey Marley, Coach Samper, Coach Hardegree, Coach King, the Bradleys, and Artis Hicks for helping me in high school and seeing potential in my abilities. I want to thank Coach Pruitt, Coach Fulmer, Coach Friend, Coach Fitzgerald, Coach Mike Farrell, Coach Cameron Clemens, and the entire coaching staff for their wisdom and guidance and support. 
I wanted to give a special thanks to Dr. Klink, Geronimo Boche, Jason McVeigh, Alex Medina, and the entire medical staff at the University of Tennessee. I want to thank all of my teammates from past and present who I've grinded with, struggled with while playing football. I want to thank all of All Nation for their continual love and support for not only myself, but my entire team throughout the years. You see, my story begins in West Tennessee in a city named Jackson. Ever since I was a child, I dreamt of playing SEC football. I used to pray and ask God that he would make me 6'5 so I could be big enough to play the game I love. Fast forward to my sophomore year in football, and there I was, 6'5, and big enough to play the game at a high level. Shortly after I began receiving offers to play Division I football, I received numerous scholarships to major SEC universities. Life was great. Everything was great. However, the stark reality of life struck at an early age. My mother, Dorsetta Smith, fell sick and died. Soon after, which completely crushed my world. Excuse me. From that point since, I've been on a mission to fulfill my promise to her. I had to decide what institution was for me. Ultimately, I had to choose home. I fell in love with this university. From watching Juwan score the game winner at UGA to breaking a streak in Neyland against Florida. When it was time to sign my papers and make a decision, I knew my home was in the state of Tennessee at the University of Tennessee. Tennessee is where I was raised, where I belong. I arrived on campus a wide-eyed freshman, nervous, anxious about the task I faced. I played well my first year. However, adversity struck. I was diagnosed with blood clots in 2017, near the end of the season. I fought back again and had another setback in 2018. I persevered and came back this season and fought for everything I could. Now as we sit here today, I'm faced with a life-changing decision. You see, my mom was sick. I promised her that I would receive my degree and diploma and that I would play in the NFL one day. I want to be 100% sure of my decision. With that being said, I will honor my mother, Dorsetta Smith. I made up my mind and don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to say at the University of Tennessee. Arguably the best offensive lineman in the nation coming back to anchor Tennessee's offensive line. And I threw this stat out, Shane, as soon as it happened. You know, Trey Smith, when he came out of high school, keep in mind, this is overall in the nation, not offensive line ranking or anything like that. Trey Smith, number 14 recruit. Mm-hmm. Cade Mays, number 22 recruit. Darnell Wright, number 10 recruit. And Wanya Morris, number 28 recruit. You're talking four offensive linemen potentially starting all five stars, all in the top 28 in the nation in their class and then anchored by a six-year senior, Brandon Kennedy, all of a sudden, Shane, mm. Tennessee's offensive line. Remember, this time last year, we were wondering, hell, is this five-year, six-year stretch of poor offensive line play ever going to end? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's too bold to say they'll have the best offensive line in the SEC next season if Cade Mays becomes eligible. For sure, man. I mean, this is this is exactly what Coach said he wanted. You know, from opening press conference, we're going to be big, fast, dominating team. And you see, I mean, the emphasis was big. And we are, man. The trenches are bigger than probably any team in the SEC next year. And, uh, and with with Trey coming back, I mean, first off, let me say this. there We've heard a lot of people talking about coming back. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of people talking about going pro. 
But, man, I tell you, Trey's gave me goosebumps, man. I mean, he was speaking from the heart, and that's and that, that just shows you what kind of character you have coming back in that locker room next year. You know, he, he will be a centerpiece of that team. So, um, I love it, man. You know, it's, it's you know, it's grind time. It's time to get back to work and, and uh, get ready for spring and, and develop. And I just I just think when you have that type of, of character in your locker room, it, it just helps your team grow quicker. And I'm glad you went there, Shane, because that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about with guys like Nigel Warrior, Darrell Taylor, Jawan Jennings, Daniel Petuli, seniors leaving the program. A lot of people assume Trey Smith leaving too. Going to be a huge leadership void on Tennessee's roster. I think that's important because, Mm -hmm. you know, Tennessee's on the rise, certainly. I don't think there's any debate at this point, but there's been plenty of teams that were on the rise, Shane, and then they think they're there. And, I mean, Tennessee's still got a long way to go if they want to be, you know, in the Georgia, Florida, Alabama, LSU top half of the SEC consistently. They need things like this. They need leadership. You know, if there's a huge void there, Trey Smith goes to the NFL. I do not know who the alpha of that locker room is. Now I have no doubt this is a guy that, uh, you know, at one point in his career, and I guess you could still say it, the doctor came out and, you know, gave the latest medical assessment. It seems like everything's good to go. Obviously, that's why he's coming back, part of it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that literally lays his life on the line to suit up for Tennessee. I mean, how could you not want to follow this guy? Absolutely, man. I, I was just, I don't know. It's just, he, he sounds like a fan, you know. A lot of these kids are... They're, you know, they're thinking about the money and, you know, I, I've seen some great stories out there. I don't want you to get, get that twisted because, uh, what's his name? They're running back there at Alabama, that, uh, Jacobs, mm-hmm. you know, getting his dad a house, you know, that was a fantastic story. That's something that, you know, that these kids are able to provide for their parents and stuff. So I really, I, you know, I'm not trying to take that away, but, but when you listen to Trey talk, it, it sounds like he's a fan first, you know, like he, he really is thinking about the university before himself. And, and, uh, just, I mean, if you listen to him, just talking about his state and his home and he, you know, he mentions that over and over. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I had a lot of respect for Trey, uh, everything he's been through, but I'm telling you after listening to this, this is, uh, man, he's, he's became easily one of my top three, top five balls. Now, I wrote this uh, on Saturday Night South, Shane, on Thursday after he made his announcement. I want to know if you agree with me or not. I think by the time his career's over or soon after, what have you, I think he's going to have a damn street named after him on campus. I mean, he, I think he's <laughs> going to be that kind of impact, Peyton Manning-level type player. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I can see that. All right, well, sticking here on no- in Knoxville, Shane, Cade Mays, the latest on his – lawsuit against Georgia or actually not necessarily the lawsuit against Georgia let me rephrase that his uh, NCA waiver request these are comments from Tom Mars his attorney who I believe we hit on this previously you know was the same attorney for Justin Fields and Shea Patterson and a number of these athletes that have gained immediate eligibility and he had some comments here I just thought you'd think they were pretty interesting Shane Of all the waiver cases I've ever been involved with, I've never seen anything quite like this. For the sake (laughs) of everyone who loves college football, I hope I never see another one. And then he continued to go on about 
the Mays lawsuit against Georgia. The Mays family has never said a word to anyone about Kevin Mays' lawsuit. The timing of the news story about Mr. Mays' lawsuit makes clear that Georgia leaked the story to sports writers after Cade delivered a letter to Kirby Smart explaining the reason he's leaving Georgia. In fact, one sports writer I spoke with earlier today confirmed that's how he found out about the lawsuit. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that Georgia is continuing to take the low road about the lawsuit, but in my opinion, directing sports writers to Mr. May's lawsuit is a new record low for Georgia athletics. That's a comment from Tom Mars' attorney. So, that Georgia-Tennessee rally is heat. Dude, that's that's, that's pretty damn dirty, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, uh, I, you know, because I, 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 there was a lot of that narrative going out right when it first came. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we didn't hear about this, this case or anything like that, and we we hear the transfer portal, and it's just, you know, I didn't put two and two together. Uh, something you were talking about, and it just kind of opened my eyes. I thought, you know, well, yeah, it could be leverage for the transfer portal, but mm-hmm. it, it honestly sounds like this was two separate things, and. Uh, Georgia attempted to, I'm not going to say the entire st- I mean, there was somebody on that staff that decided to make this, uh, create a narrative and that's blowing up in their face, man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, kind of makes them look bad, but I, I think Kate plays next year. And I honestly, I don't see his dad, you know, settling for a lot less than what he's asked for either, you know? Yeah. Cause from what I understand, Shane, this is kind of a weird, twist to the story here but apparently Cade Mays did not want to enter the portal I don't know if you officially have to do that but he was just planning on you know transferring to Tennessee and not he's not released you you haven't seen him on social media you know releasing any statements Mm -hmm. or anything like that so I don't know it's, it's very interesting I think Georgia threw him in there I do not know the reason for doing so I guess maybe to just I don't know, just have a reaction from fan bases and, and have people go wild on Twitter. I mean, if that's what their mission was, they certainly accomplished it. Because, <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was so weird because all of a sudden, news is out that he's in the portal. Then about 10 minutes later, news of the lawsuit. And then 10 minutes later, ESPN says he's headed to Tennessee. It's like all this had to be done in advance because there's, yeah. there's no way Cade Mays you know, walked into Georgia and said, hey, I think I'm going to transfer and then 20 minutes later, ESPN knows he's going to to Tennessee. You know, it just that doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, Shane. So sticking with Tennessee, we had a lot of Tennessee news here. This one a little bit quicker, but uh, they also have added a graduate transfer from Southern California receiver Velez Jones, I believe is how you say his name. And he's a graduate, so he's eligible immediately. Uh, now, this is not a guy that... Uh, you know, did a ton of damage there through the air. He's only caught 36 passes for 347 yards, one touchdown receiving in his career. But where he could really help Tennessee potentially next season, he returned 81 kicks for nearly 2,000 yards at USC. And Mm. I don't know if you noticed last year, Shane, but it seemed like damn near every Tennessee kickoff, they fair catch or they just refused to return them so uh, maybe they don't have any confidence or they didn't have any confidence in their return men but this guy's a burner and that's one thing that I know Jeremy Pruitt kind of covets in his receivers T Martin as well this guy obviously played for T Martin at USC there so 
you know, a decent pickup here for Tennessee. I don't think it's going to like be a game changer by any means, but if you can add a return man, you can add some speed to your receiving core, particularly with uh, Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway graduating. I mean, this is another win for Tennessee. Yeah, no, I like that, man. And, you know, Tennessee there for a little while. We, Man, we had that return game on lockdown, you know. I mean, you go back to Patterson and the Berries, and, I mean, it's just we, we always had – we went through a little stretch of always having somebody. And then, it, you know, I thought, I thought Marquez was going to be okay, but it just seems like they're just a, afraid to let him run. And I don't know if it was the depth, that receiver or, or something, you know, but – I'm excited, you know, because sometimes special team play, a mistake made, you know, it could change the entire it could change the entire game, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those hidden yardage, too. That's yeah. a stat that people are coming around to. You get them an extra 5, 10 yards per kickoff. That's never going to make the stat lines. It's not big and splashy, but that's just less distance for your offense to go. And that, uh, that's something that these good teams capitalize on. Hell, yeah. Man, we just – just keep winning, Mike, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it down to Columbia, South Carolina, Shane, where South Carolina introduced new strength and conditioning coach Paul Jackson here on Thursday. Uh, not a lot of uh, you know quotes here from Jackson I thought were worthy of using, but we do have an interesting little nugget here from Will Muschamp. They have hired former Georgia quarterback Joe Cox, to be the new tight ends coach there in South Carolina. He comes over from Colorado State, so he's following Mike Bobo. Let's kick it over to Will Muschamp talking about Joe Cox and this uh, hire here at South Carolina. Joe Cox has been hired to coach our tight ends. Uh, Joe was with Coach Bobo for five years at Colorado State, uh, coached the tight ends for four years and the, the receivers this past year. It was very evident to me early in the process uh, and talking to, to Mike about coming here, that he wanted somebody to be with him that he trusts, that knows and understands the concepts and things that he wants taught. He's an outstanding teacher, coach, and recruiter. Uh, and then uh, brought uh, Joe in, in in December and spent three or four days with him. It was realized very quickly why Mike wanted him here. And uh, very sharp. He's uh, done an outstanding job. I've seen Joe on the road recruiting. He's from Charlotte, uh, played for the great Tommy Knotts. Uh, at the Independence High School, uh, and so Tommy obviously uh, I think of the world of Tommy, and he, and he recommended Joe as well. Uh, but uh, you know, from the area, has done a really good job recruiting, a really good evaluator, and an outstanding football coach, and he's going to really help our staff. And again, as you know, I went to Auburn in '06, and going in as a coordinator and having the entire staff remain, it's hard. I did it in 08 at Texas. You're, you're the only guy there. You're teaching not just the players but the coaches in, in a lot of situations uh, the things that you want being taught, uh, fundamentally techniques and, and such, scheme. And so uh, this certainly is going to help in, uh, in Mike's transition here. All right, Shane. So I thought this was particularly interesting given the fact that Will Muschamp knows what it's like to be a coordinator hired. You know, he mentions it here at Texas and Auburn. And you've got you're surrounded by guys that basically you inherited on the staff and how difficult that is. And we've seen South Carolina already add the quarterback from Colorado State, Colin Hill. Mm-hmm. We've seen them add the fullback. Now they're adding a tight ends coach, which, you know, when you're going from a spread style offense to I don't want to say a pro style, but a little bit more of a pro style, you know, you got the fullback, 
you got to imagine South Carolina's going to be using the tight ends a lot more. You really need a coach in there that can kind of, you know, the tight end is such a versatile position, particularly when you're transitioning to a new offense. I just think uh, this is another credit to Will Muschamp doing everything he possibly can to make this transition easy for Mike Lee or Mike Bobo and make it smooth and make it happen immediate because it's not like South Carolina is going to have two, three seasons to get this offense going. They need it to work immediately. I like this, man, because a lot of times you'll see that where they bring in a coordinator or just one guy from a staff. And I don't know, it just feels like sometimes it, you know, we always say it, it takes a little while for him to pick up the playbook. Well, you know, because maybe Mike's just one guy, mm-hmm. you know, if he's got some of his support staff around him, it's like having a couple of Mike's running around. And I think maybe that will help these kids pick up the playbook quicker. And that's the name of the game because, you know, Tennessee was the same. And I hate to go. I know we just got off Tennessee, but you know they had a slow start. But it took a while to get a hold of Cheney's offense. And maybe the fact that they didn't bring a lot of Cheney's boys with them, they weren't able to do that. And so maybe with South Carolina, these guys—I mean, young talent—if they can pick it up quicker, then it won't hurt them. You know, by not knowing the playbook earlier in the season. Yeah, and I also like the fact Cox has experience in the SEC, playing in the SEC. I believe he was the starting quarterback at Georgia back in Mm -hmm. 2009, so when Bobo was there. So, I mean, their track record together goes back a long way. After his playing career at Georgia, he coached high school football in North Carolina, so that's a state that South Carolina recruits heavily, so that's going to help him there too. And I should mention that uh, since Joe Cox is the new tight ends coach, it, this is kind of a weird, but uh, Will Muschamp said Bobby Bentley has tr- transitioned to quarterbacks, but he he's not really said, I mean, the way he put it, it sounds like Bobby Bentley is now an analyst. They're trying to work that out, I guess, but he said he couldn't comment on it, so I don't know if Bobby Bentley is going to be sticking around, but if he is, it sounds like he's going to be quarterbacks coach, which is something that Mike Bobo is already assigned to do, but I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure Bobby Bentley is going to be sticking around, although Muschamp said he's not anticipating any more departures or anything, so that's just something to think about. I'm kind of surprised he did stick around, you know. I mean, I know his boy, you know, that was a touchy subject, but mm-hmm. uh, I honestly, I thought he'd be gone after that, but I don't know. I, I think this is – they'll probably find him a spot on the staff, but like you said, it's probably going to be an analyst and uh, because Mike's going to be – he's going to be the one that's going to have his hands all over these quarterbacks. Absolutely. All right, Shane, let's kick it down to Fayetteville. Woo pig! Where we've got a bit interesting little nugget here, recruiting. This comes, uh, I saw this first reported by Danny West, who works for the Arkansas 24-7 website, so I want to give him credit. But five-star Georgia commit, offensive tackle Broderick Jones, Shane, the guy that's planning to take a visit to Tennessee, planning to visit Auburn here Mm -hmm. in the coming weeks leading up to National Signing Day. Sounds like – now, I've not heard anything saying that he's canceled his Tennessee visit, yeah. but he was supposed to come in the weekend of January 17th, and Danny West, and I've seen it other places as well, reporting that Broderick Jones is going to visit Arkansas January 17th. So I don't know mm. if that means Tennessee's out of the picture. I don't know if – remember Auburn's offensive line coach left, so maybe he's switching that Tennessee date with Auburn date. I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't know, but – Main thing I wanted to hit on here, Arkansas. I mean, it's not taking Sam Pittman long to get one of his former Georgia <laughs> commits, five-star player, 
who could have signed with Georgia. He may end up at Georgia, but he didn't do it during the early signing period, so he must be having some second thoughts visiting Arkansas. I mean, how huge would it be for a kid like this, top 50 player? You know, he's going to be a day one starter if he goes to Arkansas playing for Sam Pittman. How huge is this for Arkansas? Man, old Sam, he's got his fingers in everything, don't he? <laughs> I mean, just with each passing day, this hire looks better and better, doesn't it? Oh, I love it. Hey, what's well? I mean, I don't personally. This one kind of hurts, but you know, this this would be a huge pickup for them. And uh, but I want to ask you too, uh, what's going on with the quarterback? You know, now that rules out of uh, Baylor. Yes, sir. <laughs> That'd be Malik Hornsby, the nation's top uncommitted quarterback prospect. You know, there was a lot of speculation. Baylor, Arkansas is two favorites. He really likes Kendall Bryles. You know, Kendall Bryles, hand-picked guy for this recruiting cycle. You got to feel like Arkansas is now in the driver's seat. And once again, I mean, that would be a hell of a pickup for Arkansas. I'm not sure that he would be day one starter or anything with K.J. Jefferson coming back. But, I mean, that's obviously a position of need there at Arkansas because we don't know what we have fully in K.J. Jefferson. I think he's more than capable of getting it done based on just a little bit of what we've seen. But Mm -hmm. you want to have some depth there, players that can run this position. And, you know, that's just such an interesting position for the Razorbacks given that they completely turned over that room last offseason. We thought it would work out. It didn't. And, you know, with this offense, I think it fits probably – John Stephen Jones, too, Jerry's grandson, so he could be in the rotation as well. But, yeah, if you landed Malik Hornsby, if you're getting Broderick Jones on campus, whether you get these kids or not, obviously you want them if you're Arkansas, but even if you don't, I mean, you weren't even in contention with these kids under Chad Moore. So, I mean, that's just that's just a sign of where we're going, you know? And I think that's what you want, man. You, you don't have to – I mean, a lot of people want – five five stars you know or six i mean they look at teams like georgia and bama and lsu tennessee Tennessee. i mean yeah i mean (laughs) you see what i'm saying but yeah but you look that's what you want well you know we that you talk about tennessee we didn't we got trey smith and then we built around him you know it's just like Mm -hmm. all you need is one or two in in each recruiting class and then all of a sudden you got you got the best offensive line in the country and i mean you got the best offensive line coach right there so i mean you can if if you can get the trenches taken care of like if you can own the trenches it doesn't matter really who you got back there at running back or sometimes even wide receivers if they if the quarterback's got all day to throw you're going to be okay and and i think that's what sam's doing he's trying to build inside out and and getting getting that stud down there getting hornsby there i mean it's one or two this year you know and then it's three or four next year i mean it's good it's they're they got to build but you know i think the reason that Morris never could get anything going is because, honestly, he could never get anything going with the trenches. Mm-hmm. I think you're spot on there, Shane. Hell yeah, I am. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go on. No, Last team to hit on here. Let's jump on down to Lexington real quick. Where on Thursday, running back A.J. Rose announced that he would be returning for his senior season. Uh, That's big news for the Wildcats because outside of Lynn Bowden and his sensational season, A.J. Rose was the team's second leading rusher with uh, 826 rushing yards, six touchdowns. And we know how that Kentucky offense is ran. 
it's a run-based system. Now you got Rose, you got Cavassier Smoke, Chris Rodriguez, that three-headed monster coming mm. back next season. That's what you want. We've already got the linemen coming back for Kentucky. Yeah. This is the key to victory, bringing these guys back. And we all know at Kentucky, you come back, you're going to improve your stock. You're going to mm-hmm. be better than you were the year before. That's one that's going to fly under the radar outside of Lexington around the SEC. But that's a, that's great news there for Kentucky. Dude, I'm telling you. And I, it seems like we've been saying it the last three years, but Kentucky is 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 building something, brother. And, you know, these pieces that are coming back, the the pieces that they've added, I, I'm telling you, Kentucky could be a, a sneaky dark horse next year. Absolutely. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to old Baton Rouge. Go Tigers. Coach O met with the media here recently, and it's you know you almost forgot there was a damn game. <laughs> they really screwed this up the way they scheduled this, in my opinion. I know they kind of – for whatever reason, they like to wait till Mondays. I guess they didn't want to do it this past Monday. I guess wouldn't have made much sense for them. But I never was a big fan of these Monday games. But hell, we got one coming up, Shane. It's, yes, sir. I, it feels like the NFL draft's probably tomorrow too. But this national <laughs> championship is taking place in a couple days here. And Coach O, I thought he had some really good comments here. This is before LSU takes that short drive up to New Orleans for the game, but. I really liked what he had to say on not reflecting back. You know, the job's not done. A lot of people patting LSU on the back. We've kind of hit on this. They got all these damn guys winning awards. He's getting coach of the year. They're landing, you know, nation's number five class. Any reflection on whirlwind that's been the last couple months on LSU's ability ability to adapt in-game on the quarterback matchup in this national championship. And then finally, I thought this was his best quote that I've heard in a long time. Just kind of, you know, his dreams of this is his childhood team, Shane. We talk about it with Trey mm-hmm. Smith. This is Coach O living it. This yeah. is a guy that lit, that grew up dreaming about playing for LSU, coaching at LSU. And I really love the fact that he said, you know, it wasn't even like I wanted to be the man leading them. You know, I'm the man. It's like, <laughs> I just wanted to be there for it. Yeah. And uh, so let's kick it over to Coach O. With everything this team has accomplished already and with ultimate goal still ahead, do you take any time this week to just look back at all? It's not that time. You know, it's time. You know, we, we uh, took uh, Monday and Tuesday as, as a coaching staff, worked very hard and game plan. And we treat this week just like any other week. And then, you know, I'm sure after the game there will be time to reflect. But you got to win this game, man. You come this far, the object is winning the game. There's no, there's nothing else. There's there's nothing else to even think about. Relative to what you just mentioned, and teams like Auburn that kind of throw some new things at your offense, what allows you guys to adjust so well in game and yeah. so quickly, even in the same half? Yeah, thank you. I thank you for noticing that. I think first of all, we have a tremendous coaching staff. Uh, those guys uh, know this offense, Steve and Joe in the box. They come up with a great game plan, but they make adjustments almost immediately. But, you know, having smart coaches and having coaches that know know what to do is important, but having the players that can execute it, I think that's the key. And you have a guy like Joe Burrow that can sit out there and process and can pick it up and figure it out with the coaches, and he knows where to, uh, to go to the ball. I think, that, I think that's the key. When, when you look at this quarterback matchup, I mean, Burrow, working on arguably the best college football season ever. Trevor Lawrence, 25-0 as a starter. I mean, just as a fan of the game, yeah. 
I think it's fantastic. It goes to show you to play in the championship, you got to have a great quarterback, number one. In every championship I've been, we had great quarterbacks, and uh, it's hard to get to the championship without one. I do believe, uh, as a fan, you look at these two great quarterbacks playing, they're going to be playing in the NFL for a long time. Uh, they're leading the team. you got to be proud of both of them. They broke character, young men. That's what college football is all about. Growing up, a lot of us dreamed of either playing in or leading our favorite college team to a national championship opportunity. When you were a kid growing up in this state, what did those dreams look like for you? The opportunity to play in yeah. New Orleans, favorite yeah. team, leading your favorite school. What did they look like? You know, I, I always felt that uh, I was going to be here somehow, some way. Now, I didn't know if I was going to be the head coach or not, but I always wanted to be at LSU, and I wanted to – Again, when I saw the teams playing big games, I envisioned myself being there and uh, being a part of, not necessarily being the man or nothing like that. I just wanted to be a part of because I know what it meant to the community. I know what it meant to everybody. And, you know, that was the big stage, man. You know, you're from La Rose, Louisiana. You see those guys on TV. You know, back then we only had Channel 4, 6, and 8, and we didn't have a clicker. We had to sit down and turn it back there. And sometimes the antenna, you know, the antenna would move, so we had to go back and put some aluminum fall on the antenna. You guys remember those days. We didn't have cable, you know what I mean? All right, Shane, so it sounds <laughs> like LSU, Coach O, pretty locked in for this game. And if they show up and they play that way in front of basically a home crowd, it sounds like it's going to be about 68% LSU fans. I hope it's a little bit more. I hope you maybe we'll shut these Clemson people out of the stadium. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if they show up and they're ready to play and they play their game, it sounds like LSU is going to take this one. This is, this is a business trip, Mike. You know, and it's just like you can't get it out of them. Here, here you got Joe up there getting his Heisman a few weeks ago, and all he's talking about is the next game. So, I mean, this, this team's focused. They're zeroed in and – uh, you know, this is a state event, you know, 60 minutes away from where they're at right now. So these guys are going to come out. They're going to get their job done. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this national championship. Absolutely. And Coach O also noted receiver Terrence Marshall, right guard Damian Lewis, who went down mm -hmm. during the Oklahoma game. They're both expected to play. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a good part about this Cl damn long layoff. I mean, these guys get Clydesdale. Clydesdale also – I mean, we saw him in the last game, and now he's going to have even more rest. So, kind of mm -hmm. plays in LSU's favor a little bit there. But man, I'm just I'm ready for this game. By the next time we meet, Shane, we'll be breaking it down right before the game uh -huh. comes down. I mean, let's man, go down there. Let's just go, you and me. Let's do it. <laughs> be our first road trip. We'll just go down there. We'll eat those uh, beignets and uh, well, what else they got? Down yeah, there gumbo. And... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I won't be so live podcast on Bourbon Street. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I'm gonna get fat and drunk and just go to the game and have a blast because <laughs> I tell you, this thing's gonna be knocked out by half, Mike. That's just I, I just got that feeling that they, they're gonna steamroll this team, and I don't want to give up my prediction, but I kind of am already because I just think that this is going to be, you know, a uh, uh, David Goliath top thing, and 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 David ain't gonna win this time. All right, Shane. That's all I got. On this one, you got anything before we hop off here? Yeah, buddy, I got some reviews. Uh-oh. Thank 
All right, Mike. Well, uh, I want to say I appreciate everybody hanging out with us in January. I, I know the season's coming to an end, but it just feels like we keep climbing, baby. We got news, good news every day, and and you know we're going to keep it up in the off season. We're, we may not have as many of shows uh, each week, but um, I tell you, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us and the ones that took the step to to give us the ratings reviews. You know, those those really do help us out. Those five star hearts and. Uh, I'm going to read a few of those. Uh, first one here comes from our boy, Blake DeArmond, uh, LSU fan, five star. You both do amazing work, and I love your podcast. I also appreciate how interactive you both are on, with me and t- on Twitter. You never become too big or too serious to have fun and BS. Yes, this season has been easier with LSU winning, but I promise that I will stay engaged with this podcast even if times – uh, for my team get tough. I love everything about this podcast. Can you tell you both? You could tell both of you do great research and stay informed and teach listeners. Go Tigers! Well, Blake Diarman, I do appreciate you, and I yeah, I talk to you about it every day, brother. Well, Blake Diarman, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for that one, man. And we're both damn jealous of all your success this year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Why can't we be LSU fans? I mean, well, I'm pulling for them now, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, Hunter052893, I appreciate <laughs> Oh, this is <laughs> Hunter says, I appreciate you. <laughs> he spelled it C-H-E-W. <laughs> oh, I do say that. Five stars. Love the different point of view these guys provide. Shane keeps me sane as a uh, fellow Vol fan, knowing I'm not the only one going crazy. Mike brings the knowledge, and you could tell he really does his homework to make sure he has the latest news and rumblings. I appreciate you, fellas. I appreciate you, Hunter. <laughs> I appreciate you, too. Oh, Guinea Ire. Five star, the best all-around SEC podcast follow. Mike Bratton and his cousin Shane are the best. Mike does in-depth analysis of all things SEC football, and Shane's the color man, a.k.a. doesn't know anything. <laughs> 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 really going to miss them over the break. Give it a listen, and there are no other comprehensive SEC podcast that measures up to them. Now, Shane can't pronounce Mizzou's coach name. <laughs> but that's true. I'll make it sound easy. Hey, y'all, we're, we're going to drink whiz tonight. <laughs> <laughs> really, you guys are the best. Hope to meet up with you guys one day. M-I-Z, Guinea, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. That's a good one. JV Cersei, dogs in the SEC podcast on top five star. Love these guys. Mike and Cousin Shane make you feel like you're part of the family. Reminds me of sitting around with my uncles and shooting the shit and talking about SEC football during the holidays. We will forgive Shane for being a Vols fan because he's part of the family. Awesome podcast all around. Go dogs. JV, seriously, I appreciate you. He probably hates you right now. I've been, I've been, you know what, Mike, you know, they've been like the number one recruiting class 10 years in a row. <laughs> you know, they got, they go to SEC championships. They've been in the playoffs, you know, so what? We still won recruit. All right, let's just, <laughs> let's move on. You'll be fine. Let us have a little bit. Maddie BO3, uh, five-star best podcast for the SEC. 
big Texas A&M fan out here in Southern California. There isn't much out here for the SEC, but every time there's a podcast release, better believe I'm listening to it. These guys do a great job of covering the SEC and get the podcast out as soon as there's new news in the SEC. Hey, buddy, five stars, gig him. Matty B, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Matty, and we just sent you a koozie, so be on the lookout for that. All right, Southern Cal. All right, we stole a receiver out there. Last one. You ready, Mike? This one yes, comes sir. from End Dog, third to the first. Uh, one second. Okay, I thought it was going to have big words, but we're good. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. A beacon of light in the dark, painful offset. I, I can't. It's it cuts off short. season. Oh, off season. All right, that's cool. Do you turn it sideways and it show you or something? No, I just, I'm oh. smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the color, baby. Uh, Five-star, long-time listener, second-time reviewer, and this time it's personal. Love the pod, and I'm begging you to keep it up during the offseason as it's like it's just you guys and Feinbaum, and his callers drive me bonkers, and I can only take so much. I'd love a daily beer can opening pod, even if it's just to let us know that Coach O eats what Coach O eats for <laughs> breakfast or what crazy antics Kiffin is up to, which I'm sure there'll be plenty. I'm a Florida-turned-rabid LSU fan, and it's the last freaking game of the season. Painful. Just painful. Love the pod, fellas, and do what you can to keep us alive during these dark days till the small glimmer of hope that is spring football. Well, in dog third, I appreciate you and the effort. Uh, you know, two reviews. Those are really appreciated. I appreciate uh, all the listeners. And we are going to try to do more this offseason. Now, it's 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 tough to do a, a five. I mean, it's just tough to do a five show week. Uh, you know, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike will call me and say, hey, dude, we got like two things we can cover, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, we may have some shorter pods, but you know we are definitely going to try to get uh, more out this offseason than we did last year. Absolutely, and if you want to get yourself a free koozie, SEC podcast koozie, uh, give us a five-star rate and review like these fine folks. We'll send that free of charge as a way of saying thanks, and uh, we really do appreciate each and every review, every each and every listen and download. So. There's my dog. He loves you too. So I think that's going to do it for this one, Shane. Thanks for joining me. As always, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Arr.